stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, you just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Be happy in the moment. That's enough. Each moment is all we need, not more. By Mother Teresa. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Go to the Events tab to find exciting events we have coming up, and also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out past editions of our show. We're thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California legislator honoring Be The Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages. And we are determined to continue our empowering efforts. For our first segment of today's show, I will be sharing tips on how to live a mindful life. Today's theme is mindfulness and meditation, which are practices that I started to utilize in my life about three or four years ago, but I would say in the last year, I've become a little more acclimated to the community in terms of meditation and yoga. For those of you who are unfamiliar with mindfulness, it's a practice of purposely focusing your attention on the present moment. We have so many constant distractions around us, especially with technology today. I'm always having my phone ping, whether it's an email or text or a social media notification. It's just so easy to get distracted today. So being present and appreciating small moments as they unfold in front of you can actually be really, really difficult. I still find myself struggling with meditation on certain days because my mind can just feel so busy. I'm always making a mental grocery list or remembering like, oh, I have to text my mom back or something like that. My mind is always going um, a million miles a minute, it can feel like. And my stream of consciousness just tends to be all over the place. Um, But I do want to share some tips today on how I've been trying to practice mindfulness and get a little bit better at it. For those of you who are, who are unsure about delving into mindfulness and meditation because maybe it's a new concept for you or you're not quite sure what it's all about, I'll be sharing some very basic ways to start practicing today. Everything that I'll share will be quite simple and good for beginners. 
So to begin, my number one tip is to start with a guided meditation. So there are tons of apps and YouTube videos with very calming voices who will actually walk you through a meditation. While thoughts may come and go, I find it a lot easier to focus on my breath and sit still when there's a voice in the background who is reminding me to observe the present moment. One of my favorite apps is Headspace, but you can also subscribe to meditation channels on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. There are a lot of really wonderful resources out there. And for me, again, like I said, it's a lot easier than just sitting down and closing your eyes. And when I did that, I would start making these mental to-do lists in my head. And I would remember like, oh, I have homework I have to do right after this. And it was really hard to clear my mind. But When I was listening to a guided meditation, it was a little bit easier to stay focused on it. Um, Number two is just remember that anything can be meditative. I think that we have a very strict idea of someone sitting upright with their eyes closed, maybe in like a dark, quiet room. And this is absolutely a form of meditation. And it's maybe the traditional or mainstream way to meditate. And it's definitely something that I like to do, but I think that exercise can be meditative. I think that art can be meditative. Uh, Anytime where the world just kind of melts away, I think that that's meditation. So when I explain meditation and mindfulness to people, I always ask them to recall their childhood. So when I was a little girl, I remember me and my sisters, we would go into our backyard and we would play for hours and hours and hours. Uh, We just had no concept of time except when the sky got dark and my mom would say that dinner was ready. I wasn't preoccupied with any external thoughts. I was just fully in the moment, playing with my sisters, having fun, and it felt like time was suspended. So I feel like children do this very, very well, but I think that as we get older, our minds become more and more cluttered. So meditation and mindfulness is simply a way to clear out those excess thoughts. And tip number three is to set aside time each day to develop your personal meditation practice. As I mentioned, you can make any activity meditative as long as you're staying present. That's my personal belief. And I encourage people to meditate regularly because that's what will lead to clarity and peace of mind. If you meditate once a day, it's going to be um, a lot more structured and easier to fall into it. Whereas if you meditate one day a month, it's going to be a lot harder to feel any difference in your life. Tip number four. Um, My last tip is just going to be about single tasking. I actually read a study recently about how humans don't actually have the ability to multitask, but yet we do it because it makes us feel like we're being really productive and we're getting a lot done. And as a former multitasker myself, I can definitely agree with this. Um, I thought that I was being more productive, but in reality, I wasn't really putting my all into the tasks that I was doing at the moment. Um, I would always be this person kind of running around in the morning. I'd be putting on makeup while talking to my mom on the phone while also making breakfast and just doing at least three or four things at a moment. It was quite ridiculous. And now... I I try to just set myself to do one single task and just focus on that one single task. And that has helped me quite a lot 
to be more mindful and just to, to set my mind to one thing. And again, in this day and age with so many distractions and that pull to be productive, it can be hard to just do one thing at a time. Um, but again, once I started to limit my multitasking and I set the intention to focus on single tasks, I immediately felt way more relaxed and a lot more centered. When I was doing so much multitasking, I always felt very hectic and running around and doing so many things. And it was it was quite crazy. So I would definitely recommend that as well to try to be a single tasker in whatever you do. In closing, I hope that these tips were helpful for you as you embark on a lifelong journey of mindfulness. Um, I hope that this is something that you will keep in mind as you go throughout your day, just noticing the small things that happen and even just how your body is feeling and your breath. It all starts in those small moments. As a side note, Be the Star You Are for Teens, as well as the newest establishment in the series, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available now and can be found at starstylestore.net. If you're looking for a new book to read, consider picking up a copy for you or a friend. I know around the holidays, I gave copies to a lot of my friends and family, and I have two chapters in this book. It's really quite, quite exciting. So I definitely encourage you to pick up a copy for yourself and to read that. Again, it's Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Remember that every bit of your purchase benefits the Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So again, make sure that you get your copy today. Check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative BTSYA videos on living, laughing, and learning. Keep on listening as we continue our conversation on mindfulness and meditation. I'm Caitlin Darrow. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. In this next segment, we're joined by co-authors Tom Bost and Rebecca Ann Nguyen, who wrote Where War Ends, a combat veteran's 2,700-mile journey to heal, recovering from PTSD and moral injury through meditation. Tom and Rebecca are both accomplished in their own right, and I am so excited to chat with them. For starters, Rebecca Ann Nguyen is an author, travel writer, and digital content strategist. Tom Voss is a combat veteran, mental health activist, and a yoga and meditation teacher. He is the subject of the Emmy-nominated documentary film Almost Sunrise, winner of the Moving Mountains Award at Mountain Film Fest 2016. For his work empowering veterans to overcome moral injury, Voss has been featured in the New York Times, Newsweek, National Geographic Adventure, USA Today, and The Hollywood Reporter. So, so exciting. He has given presentations and lectures about his journey of hope and healing at Google, Aspen Ideas Festival, the Harvard Club of New York City, New York University, and United States Congress. Quite, quite impressive. Um, with that, I would love to welcome you both, Tom and Rebecca, onto the show. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you so, so much for spending time and coming on today to chat. Um, first, I just wanted to ask about the book, of course. So together you wrote a book called Where War Ends. So can you tell us a little bit about what the book's about? Yeah, the uh, book kind of chronicles my journey as I walk across the country with another uh, Iraq war veteran, Anthony Anderson, and we try to process and make sense of our, our combat deployments. Uh, so we were both deployed to Iraq um, and had uh, unique experiences there that uh, it impacted us. And um, as we walk across the country, we meet a lot of people, a lot of other veterans, uh, a lot of teachers, and uh, people who help us process a lot of the things that we experience. Mm, wow. And I remember reading um, a bit about it and just hearing more on how you encountered like traditional healing methods and um, things of that sort. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the people who you encountered on the way and maybe what some of those healing methods were. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the one that sticks out to me the most is uh, kind of being in nature, so nature-based therapy. So um, having the intent to heal, being in nature and reconnecting with nature was a big one for us. And um, also peer support. You know, this is finding someone who has similar experiences as you. They don't have to be the same, but you have a, sh- you have a connection there in these shared experiences. So as we were walking across the country, we met a lot of different people from all walks of life who had a lot of wisdom to share with us, um, connections to make with us. Um, one of those guys, uh, he was a Marine Corps veteran turned pastor. He was actually a rancher. Then he turned uh, into a pastor. Uh, his name was Pastor Marty. And uh, one of the things that he taught us 
was, or one of the takeaways, I guess you could say he gave us, was that uh, life demands a response. So that was something that uh, he, he parted ways with us and, and left us with that wisdom. And we continued on our way and, and continued to kind of process that. And, and how did that, uh, you know, manifest in our lives? Were we showing up for our lives? Were we um, not showing up, which is also a choice too. Um, so we met a lot of cool people and uh, a lot of people that were open, open and willing to share uh, their experiences with us. Wow. Well, thank you also for sharing that, Tom, and just for mentioning the benefits of nature therapy, being outside, being outdoors. I live in LA. I go to UCLA and I'm just constantly around people and cars and buildings. And whenever I get to go out to like Joshua Tree or Yosemite or any of the beautiful spots in California, I just feel so much more centered and it's really a, it's really a wonderful mechanism. So, but I'm, I'm still just so incredibly impressed that you walked that far, um, 2,700 yeah, miles. <laughs> It's incredible, though. Um, And I wanted to also mention that you're both siblings, which is really cool. And I was curious about what it was like to work with each other. It was good. It was great. People are usually surprised (laughs) when we say that, but we, I think we had overall, I mean, you know, it was hard writing a book, just writing a book is really hard. It's really hard um, to do. And then writing this book was hard. I think it was hard for me to hear about some of Tom's experiences during during combat and then after coming home. And it was probably hard, I imagine, for Tom to revisit some of those uh, experiences. Um, but, but the process was also really healing and I think brought us closer because I was able to hear about so many things that Tom had never shared with me before. You know, I, ha- I had no idea. I'd say, you know, 80, 80% of the book, I, I had no idea what he experienced. And that's kind of the whole point. Um, I think that coming out of it, we, I learned that one of the most powerful, you know, you know, ways to heal from trauma is to, to share, to share your experience with someone you care about and to have them bear witness to that. And, you know, without judgment, but to ask what happened and, and to just listen. So the book, the book allowed us to, to do that. Mm, that's fantastic. I was wondering, uh, Rebecca, for you specifically, do you have any tips that you would share for people who are friends or family of veterans and you want to support your loved one, but you just don't quite know how? Um, it's really hard to be able to uh, relate to something um, as traumatic as war. Um, and so I think that sometimes people uh, are kind of lost in how to support um, veterans when they come home? That's a great question. Um, and I'm really glad you asked it because we, the first thought that came to my mind was that we don't have to put pressure on ourselves as family members to, you're not going to understand, you can't understand. So, so throw that out the window right away. Um, and, you know, don't let that be a reason also to not reach out and not to, not to ask your loved one. Um, I, I think that's, that's the big thing that we can do is to, you know, bring it up. And, and Tom will keep me honest if I, if I say anything here, that's, that seems off, but I think it's, it's, you know, Hey, I would, I would like to hear about your experiences if, and when you're ever ready to share, I I'd just like to listen and understand what you went through. Um, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, anything fancy, something as simple as just sitting and, and bearing witness. And it's not your job to tell someone that what happened was okay or not. Okay. It's not your job to try and speed up their healing process, that's their responsibility. And that's another, I think, really important message um, 
of the book and and in Tom's life was was taking responsibility for for one's own healing. Mm, Thank you for that, Rebecca. Really, really wise words and great advice there. Um, Tom, I actually had a question for you specifically about the process of writing Where War Ends. Um, I wanted to know how you stayed centered while delving into the past. I think that it can, I I just can't imagine, you know, writing this book, um, which is so comprehensive and also going on that, that whole journey, that whole walk. Um, I'm sure that it's, much healthier to uh, talk about the pa- the past and to face it than to, um, you know, bury it under. But I'm just wondering, how did you stay centered during that process of um, thinking of all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it really took took years for me to get to that to the point of to where I was able to actually um, work with Rebecca on this book, and it, it took a lot of um, um, understanding of myself and, um, how the, my relationship to these events in my life. Um, so if, if we were to try doing this probably, you know, five years earlier, it probably would not have happened. Um, it would have just been, uh, too challenging, uh, for myself, but, um, I really go back to, uh, meditation and, um, finding, finding healthy tools, healthy coping mechanisms to change the relationship of these traumatic events in your life. And that's something that meditation has done for me, um, yoga, um, these practices that are meant to help manage the mind. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, I agree. Just, I feel like meditation and mindfulness can be useful for anyone, but especially for those who are experiencing trauma or trying to deal with trauma. Um, Recently, I was learning more about trauma-informed yoga, Mm -hmm. and I thought that that was really interesting, how we hold trauma in our bodies. And sometimes, you know, through meditation, through yoga, um, through these practices, we can actually work that pain out of us. Um, but how did you specifically decide to meditate? Was it a process or during your walk? Is it something that someone had suggested to you? Or how did you first get introduced to a meditation? Yeah, Anthony and I uh, learned on our walk. And we were both in, you have to be in the right mindset of, um, I'm you have to get to the point of I'm willing to try whatever I can to feel better. Um, and sometimes, you know, you have to hit rock bottom before you get to even get to that uh, notion. But, you know, when we left on this track, we're like, you know, we're just going to be open, be receptive. Uh, we made a rule, uh, rules along the way, like not to listen to music to distract ourselves from ourselves. Um, and we ended up learning meditation, uh, I think, when we got to Colorado. And... Um, it's, it's a, a challenging thing to start, but uh, once you get, you know, like with anything, once you get a hang of it and once you have a practice going, then that's when, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting and the work can begin. And uh, by no means is it easy. Any of this is, is easy to, to start a meditation practice, to face yourself, to um, reflect on the traumatic events in your life. And, and in fact, we do so much to distract ourselves from those things. And uh, we, we decided that, you know, the only way to address it is, is head on. And, and meditation has been such a, a good tool for me to be able to ground myself and to decompress and to manage stress and anxiety. 
Mm, well, I'm so happy that you found meditation. That That's so wonderful. And I like how you mentioned that no music rule. I think that that's so interesting, yeah. too, because I I always find myself like just unplugging from the world, but distracting myself through movies, TV, podcasts sure. and music. And, you know, like five hours will go by and I just feel like my I just wasted all that time. Just it's, it's really scary. Like how much time you can really waste with technology and things like that. And, um, how you said that, you know, you're kind of running from yourself a bit. I, I totally agree. Um, Rebecca, I wanted to know if you meditate now since Tom does, or, um, if you've also kind of delved into the practice a little bit. I do. And I am, and I have, yeah. And, uh, thanks to Tom, I learned some of the some of the breathing techniques that he practices and I, I've developed my own um, off and on, but like Tom said, it's, you know, it's a, a discipline, it's a commitment. And the more you practice and the more you do it and the, the better you feel and the, you know, you see the impact in your life. It, it almost becomes like if you don't do it, you feel worse. So um, yoga is a part of that too. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. It just, it, it blows my mind that something so simple and it's free and available to all of us right now uh, is so powerful, you know, more than all the different, you know, things we engineer and we, we complicate he- healing so much. And we have, I believe that we have that the power within ourselves uh, to heal ourselves. And, and that's one of the most powerful ways to do it. Wow. Yeah, that's such a great way to put it, too, about how, you know, meditation, yoga, these practices are within us. They're within our body. They're free. I think that sometimes um, it's easy as well to get um, kind of wrapped up in like, oh, I have to go to this like very expensive retreat or I have to, you know, go to this like overpriced like whatever um just because of like the way that I, I maybe that's just because being in LA I see like the way that things are marketed um sometimes but I've been going to this really great like donation-based studio and um also it just it just goes to show how much knowledge is available through books and through YouTube videos and you know it's all there for you it really is and you know it doesn't cost anything um, so that, that's such a great point, Rebecca. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, and Tom, I heard that you also teach uh, meditation as well. So I wanted to learn more about how that kind of originated and um, what that has been like to actually go out and share that with the world. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey um, in, into teaching yoga and meditation. And it, it started out... Um, I started out volunteering for a organization that teaches uh, breath-based meditation techniques. It's the uh, Project Welcome Home Troops, and uh, eventually uh, started working for them, traveling around the country, organizing workshops, and um, getting these breathing techniques, breath-based meditation techniques, to veterans and their families. So that was kind of the initial kind of start. Was you know this was something that had such an impact on me and so. Uh, powerful that I wanted to share it with um, other veterans that I knew from from Milwaukee at the time. And then mm-hmm. it kind of um, evolved into um, uh, going out and doing these these workshops. And now I am, you know, a certified yoga teacher and do uh, workshops. And I, I recently traveled to uh, Saipan and Guam to teach veterans on uh, wow. the islands out there because uh, they're lacking mental health services and they have quite the uh, veteran population 
um, out there. So that was a, a great experience. I spent almost a month out there um, traveling around, talking to veterans, and teaching these um, techniques. And, and it's, it's so amazing to know that you can guide someone through um, a couple of breathing exercises and the yoga practice. And um, this is something that they can take with them, you know, that's tangible, it's practical, that they can use to manage their own stress on a uh, day-to-day basis. So I think just from that level, it's so valuable um, because there's so many things in our lives today that just compound stress and add anxiety and all these, you know, you were saying before that, you know, you end up distracting yourself for five hours and then you have anxiety about what did I do for those five hours? And then, you know, I wasn't being productive and all these, you know, cycles that we get caught in, caught in, um, it's a good way to uh, kind of break through that and uh, really connect with yourself. Mm, absolutely. And I, I really just want to say thank you so much, too, for the, that work that you're doing, um, working with veterans and bringing them yoga, bringing them meditation. And I was reading about a program recently um, of bringing yoga meditation into more low income communities and schools and, you know, teaching incarcerated youth how to meditate and, you know, veterans and all of these people that, you know, maybe they haven't been exposed to mindfulness before, but it's these vulnerable populations of the ones who are holding the most trauma who could really benefit from it the most. So I think that it's really, really fantastic that you've dedicated yourself to teaching yoga, teaching meditation to veterans and, you know, those who really need it. So um, I just wanted to say thanks for that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, I also wanted to know if you could tell me a little bit about the documentary that you're a subject of, Almost Sunrise. Yeah, Almost Sunrise was actually shot as we were walking across the country. So uh, we were approached by an independent film uh, maker out of uh, New York City uh, who who wanted to kind of uh, document the uh, veteran experience and, and he found out about the uh, suicide epidemic that's happening at uh, 20 veterans a day and uh, was just kind of appalled that he he's just finding out about it and that this this has been going on for so long so he felt that he needed to do something to bring awareness to uh, this population and uh, almost sunrise was the result. Uh, of that, and it chronicles uh, myself and Anthony walking across the country, and uh, eventually, you know, going on my first um, med- meditation workshop. And it actually follows me through this whole process and transformation of, of um, you know, shifting o- out of a lot of the trauma that I experienced. So it uh, it's uh, a good um, start. It's a good uh, warm up for the uh, for the book. <laughs> mm, that's fantastic. I think it's yeah. so cool, too, that your story has been told now on different platforms, such as the documentary and now your book and perhaps any public speaking or classes that you're teaching. You're able to share your story and share your experience through so many different creative mediums. So I think that that's really, really cool. Um, I wanted to shift gears a little bit, and I have a question for you, Rebecca, because I was looking at your website, and I saw that you are the creator of thehappypassport.com, which was voted a top 10 inspiring female travel blog, um, which is so cool. I love to travel as well, and I've been hoping to do more international travel in 2020, but we'll see. Um, But I was reading how you had traveled through Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and Nepal, and I was just wondering 
Mary, if you could share a little bit on that experience and then how that impacted your writing and perhaps made you a, a better writer as well. Oh, and well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like a lot of those locations too, like Thailand and Cambodia and Nepal, I'm sure are very um, mindful centered. So if you did any meditation while you were over in Southeast Asia as well, that'd be really cool to hear about. That's wow. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. I, I'll start with it with that because I actually did. I, I went to a, um, a Buddhist monastery, a temple when I was in Vientiane in Laos and meditated with, with um, some of the monks there who they didn't speak much English. And so, you know, everyone going there to meditate with the monks was Western, you know, a lot of, a lot of white folks, you know, tourists, and um, they had a lot of questions and a lot of them came and wanted to experience the, the meditation, but had no context. And because the, the monks didn't really speak English, there was no instruction. There was no, like, here's what we're going to do. So it was actually kind of funny. The monks just kind of came out in their robes, and they just sat down and closed their eyes. And so everyone else just kind of sat and closed their eyes, too. And, you know, then people had questions that, you know, they, we sat for 20 minutes, and, um you know, everyone had questions afterwards and, you know, sort of try to translate answers. But what I loved about it was, you know, we all in the, in the, the travelers wanted to make it so, so much more complicated and the monks couldn't understand why we were confused. They're like, just sit, sit down, close your eyes. Like, that's it. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's, there's techniques and, and there's more to it than that. And you, you've mentioned mindfulness and um, of course we can, there's, you know, different, different backgrounds and, and religions and, and uh, theories and a lot of knowledge and wisdom to inform the practice. But, you know, at the end, end of the day, yeah, just sit, just sit down, just be. Um, you don't have to, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. Mm, that's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I love hearing that story. It's so true. Um, I remember I went to Japan over the summer and it was my first time going to any sort of like a uh, Buddhist temple and um, seeing that kind of um, dedication to the practice. I remember I went with my host family and just, it was so interesting and inspiring to see people who are so dedicated to meditation. And I think that we tend to overthink it like, okay. And I know even me, when I go and do it in the morning, I'm like, okay, I have to like get my pillow and sit on my pillow and it has to be really quiet. And I have to like make sure it's a dark room. And, you know, you get kind of lost in all of that. But I think that even in uh, your daily life, just noticing how your body feels and how your breath is. And it's the small moments. It doesn't have to be such a, such a complex thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and that's what I noticed too. And in, in the different places I traveled was that in many of the temples, in many of the countries, you know, Buddhist temples, um, people make, they, they bring the sacred into their everyday life and it's not precious. You know, we make it like people who, if you go to church or temple here, it's like a thing, you know, it's like a big deal to go and you go and it's once a week or whatever on the holiday. But there it's like, Oh, I'm walking past on my way to work or on my way to school. I'm going to pop in. I'm going to light incense. I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to go on my way and I'm going to go there in flip flops. I'm going to go there, whatever I happen to be wearing. And um, I really like that because because it showed how you can you can really live your faith and live your belief and it's not separated. It's not like a separate thing you may or may not go do. It's it's who you are. 
Mm, that's such a good point, actually. It's I. It's really reminding me a lot of my time in Japan because I remember going to that Buddhist temple with my host family and like being so nervous for no reason. And I was like, oh no, am I wearing the right thing? And like, am I allowed to be here? And like, like I was so nervous. And they're like, oh no, like we, we want to share this with you. Just pop on in. It's no big deal. Um, and yeah, I think that you're right. Like here we, we do tend to kind of make it such a um, such a separate thing when it should be more integrated into our daily life so yeah thank you for sharing that perspective uh-huh. um, I, I wanted to shift a little bit back to the book um, of course and I wanted to ask specifically about the difference between post-traumatic stress moral injury and post-traumatic growth so uh, for people who don't know what that is um, Tom or Rebecca, if you could explain what that is and maybe how you talk about it in the book as well. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because everyone hears about post-traumatic stress. And post-traumatic stress for me um, is you know defined by symptom clusters. So you have multiple symptoms, you're presenting multiple symptoms uh, based off a traumatic experience. Um, this is what ended up getting me a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress in 2008. So um the, the problem with that is that, you know, we have a tendency in the West, in the Western, um, you know, in Western medicine to treat the symptoms and we kind of ignore where these symptoms are coming from. And as long as we can, you know, get a hold of our depression or anxiety and, uh, you know, tame it, um, we're good to go. We can still, you know, move on. So post-traumatic stress uh, really looks at and focuses on the uh, symptoms um, of uh, a, a root cause. And I really believe moral injury is that root cause. So moral injury is defined as a wound of the soul. It's when you witness or participate or fail to prevent acts that transgress your deeply held sense of right and wrong. Um, so right off the bat, we're, we're out of the clinical world and we're talking about our soul and we're talking about, um, you know, having that impacted by, by, by seeing and witnessing things that go against your own uh, moral scaffolding. So um, this, for me, runs parallel with post-traumatic stress. So post-traumatic stress is a conditioning of the nervous system. Um, when you're in a dangerous situation for a long time or a car accident or something that um, really impacts you, your, your nervous system that reacts to that and, you know, um, takes a while to, to, to switch that over. But the moral injury is, is grief, guilt, and shame. And, um, and really, uh, I think the root cause of, um, why so many veterans are suffering. So it looks like, um, you know, asking yourself questions, am I a good person? Uh, can I be forgiven? Uh, these are the challenges that I think a lot of veterans are facing and post-traumatic growth is, um, above and beyond resiliency. So how can we take these experiences and transform them into a positive, um, you know, sharing our experience with other veterans, sharing our experiences with communities. Um, so that's what we were talking about when we talk about post-traumatic growth. And we kind of follow my journey through all those things uh, in the book. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so, so much um, for sharing and just your whole journey. So, so incredible. Um, both of you, thank you again. And for writing this book, um, I hope that all of our listeners will go and pick up a copy. Um, we're going to be taking a quick break and then I'll be back sharing my final thoughts before we wrap up the show tonight. 
Um, audience, during the break, find out more about Tom at TheMeditatingVet.com. Again, that's TheMeditatingVet.com. And learn more about Rebecca at RebeccaAnnNewen.com. Again, RebeccaAnnNewen.com. Remember to buy their book, Where War Ends. And make sure to support our show and learn more about upcoming BTSYA events at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Support more segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Visit BTSYA.org to find out more about Be The Star You Are. Stick around for more on meditation and mindfulness. I'm Caitlin Darrow. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and today I was joined with two very special guests, Tom Boss and Rebecca Ann Nguyen. They were just in the previous segment, and we talked about their new book, Where War Ends, A Combat Veteran's 2,700-Mile Journey to Heal, Recovering from PTSD and Moral Injury Through Meditation. A little bit about uh, Tom's background story. After serving in a scout sniper platoon in Mosul, Tom Voss came home carrying invisible wounds of war, the memory of doing or witnessing things that went against his fundamental beliefs. This was not a physical injury that could heal with medication and time, but it was a moral injury, a wound to the soul that eventually urged him towards suicide. Desperate for relief from the pain and guilt that haunted him, 
Boss embarked on a 2,700-mile journey across America, walking from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to the Pacific Ocean with a fellow veteran. Readers walk with these men as they meet other veterans, Native American healers, and spiritual teachers who appear in the most unexpected forms. At the end of their trek, Voss realizes he is really just at the beginning of his healing. He pursues meditation training and discovers sacred breathing techniques that shatter his understanding of war and himself and moves him from despair to hope. Voss's story will give inspiration to veterans, their friends, and family, and survivors of all kinds. I was just so amazed by their story, especially talking to Rebecca as well, who is Tom's sister, and she was sharing some of her advice on how to support a veteran, and I think that one of the things that she said that really, really stuck with me was that we will never understand. We will never be able to be in their shoes. We were not in combat, but we can lend a listening ear. And that was one of my favorite things that she said, because it's absolutely true. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in, oh, well, I want to offer support and advice. And sometimes in these situations, the best thing that you can do is just listen because we're not able to relate all the time to people who have been through trauma. So thank you to Rebecca who had shared that. Um, And also during our conversation, I learned more about how Tom is actually teaching meditation and yoga all across the world. He just spent a whole month in Guam where he was teaching veterans over there. And that is one of his life's passions is sharing these meditation techniques with people such as veterans or people who are carrying trauma. And I really enjoyed uh, hearing him speak about this because I think that meditation and mindfulness should be shared with more communities, especially communities like veterans and those who are low income or perhaps people who are incarcerated, people who are holding a lot of trauma and anger perhaps within themselves are the ones who could really, really benefit from yoga and meditation, but sometimes it's not always introduced into these communities. I wanted to share about a yoga studio I started going to out here in California, and it's actually down in Inglewood, which is like South LA area. And so it's not typical like Santa Monica um, yoga studio. It's actually um, a little bit different, and it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, whenever I go to this donation-based yoga studio, it's called the South Tree LA for anyone who um, is wondering or who wants to visit themselves. Um, A lot of the meditations and yoga practices are all about activism and trauma-informed yoga. And I think that that's really, really beautiful to be sharing it with these communities. And um, again, all their classes are donation-based. So, um, it's not uh, it's not a barrier to people who don't have money. Um, and I think that that's really important. And Rebecca has said that as well, that yoga can be free. Meditation is free. These tools are available to you once you start. And also at the South Tree LA, they offer a lot of classes in Spanish, which I think is so cool. Um, I personally don't know Spanish, but... 
I think that it's really fantastic that there are yoga teachers who are sharing in different languages right here in LA. And um, they, I believe they offer yoga and meditation classes in other languages too. So it's a very multicultural center. And again, it's all centered on activism and spreading these practices to anyone who is interested. Um, And also, just as a closing note, I wanted to share that meditation is a practice. We don't have to be perfect. You just have to be. And I think ultimately that can be really, really difficult. It's something that I still have difficulty with today because your mind may wander, but it's totally okay. It's a part of the experience. So even if you find yourself starting to make a mental grocery list or um, thinking about school or work or stresses, it's completely okay. It's very normal to have your mind wander in those ways. So just continue and practice daily. And then that's when you'll really reap the benefits of meditation. Um, Also, I wanted to share the fact that anyone can learn to meditate. It's a skill that we can all accomplish. And I've actually seen yoga classes and meditation classes for children, which makes me so happy. I hope that if I ever have kids one day, that I'll be able to share yoga with them and meditation with them. And even here on UCLA's college campuses, uh, there's always uh, yoga classes and meditation. And I didn't really learn about yoga or meditation until my early 20s, I would say. But I think that introducing it to children is such a cool idea. And I think that, as I mentioned in the very first segment, children are the best meditators because they become so um, enraptured in what they're doing. They become so distracted and time just melts away for kids. So I think that teaching it to them when they're young is such a cool, beneficial thing. And I hope that maybe elementary schools or preschools will even begin to incorporate these practices into uh, their curriculum. I would really, really love to see that. Uh, Thank you all so, so much for listening today. Audience, please support BTSYA and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs on our main site at bethestarur.org. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Caitlin Darrow. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially to our voice engineer, Josh. Thank you so, so much. And thank you to our guests and reporters from across the world. And finally, thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Be mindful, meditate, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself.